the communion has become something religiously in most churches, but um, we need to understand where it's coming from and why it is important that if you're a child of God, if you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, then it's important that you take part of the communion. Um, and that since it's a Christian doctrine, every Christian doctrine has its root in the Old Testament. And so the communion has its root in the Old Testament. And that's what we're going to discuss today. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 to 13. I'm going to read, if you can turn your Bible apps with me, to Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 to 13. The Bible says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of the month, shall be the beginning of your shall be your beginning of month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So what that means is that the time that the Israelites left Egypt in the Hebrew calendar, that is their first month. It was changed later on. But when they left Egypt, that was their first month. That's where they start counting their months from. And that's what we are reading from verse 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the third of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for the household. And if the household is too small for, for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your count of the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goat. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on and put it on the two doorposts of the lentil of um, the houses where they, they eat. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread, with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw or boiled at all in water but roasted in fire its head with its legs and its entrails you shall not let you shall let none of it remain until morning and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire and thus you shall eat with your belt on your waist with your sandals on your feet with your staff in your hand so so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Supper. For I will pass through the land of Egypt at, on that night and will strike the, all the firstborns of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over, over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Amen. Amen. Very long passage. <laughs> right. So this is the institution of what we call the Passover. 
It is a time when God instructed Israelites, everyone should take a lamb. And he said that if the family is too small, then join with your neighbor and take a lamb or a goat. And he says that you should pick the lamb on the 10th day of the month and then wait till the fourth, the 14th day of the month, which is the Passover. You have to, take, you have to select the lamb on the 10th and wait till the 14th. And so you have four days to examine the lamb to make sure that there is, there is no defect, there is no blemish on the lamb before you offer it to the Lord. Now this was, everything done here is a shadow of Christ. It's a, it's a shadow of what is going to happen in the New Testament. Jesus Christ went into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. He, he stayed there until the Thursday, which was the Passover night, had the Passover with the disciples, and then he was um, crucified. Everything that is, we see here in the Bible is a shadow. That's why the Bible tells us that the Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. And so when now we have seen the reality, which is Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb. And so we are going to see a lot of similarities between what happened during the Passover and what um, happened in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ or what the crucifixion of Jesus Christ means to us. And so he told them that you have four days to examine the lamb so that to make sure that the lamb has no defect, to make sure that the lamb has no blemish. And he, he told them that you have to roast it in fire and you have to eat it that same day. Don't wait till the next morning. These are specific instructions that God gave them. Now, a very interesting, interesting thing he told them is that whilst you are eating, put your belt on. Have your sandals on. It means that you should be ready to leave. This was the night that God was getting ready to deliver them out of Egypt. And he said to them that this shall be a celebration to you forever. And so this was the institution of the Passover. And whenever they celebrated the Passover, they remember the time that God delivered them out of Egypt, out of the slavery in Egypt, when God executed judgment on the Israelites, but spared, sorry, on the Egyptians, but spared the Israelites. And so they celebrated this Passover every year to remember their deliverance. And so up to now, the people in Judaism still celebrate. This is a very huge festival that they celebrate to remember God. In fact, when you read further in the chapter, he instructed them that this shall be a memorial to you, that you celebrate this Passover to remember the time that I delivered you from Egypt. And the instruction was that every family must select a lamb. The Bible told us, John the Baptist told us that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the Bible also said that the Lamb should be without blemish. Jesus Christ was sinless. He was perfect. And that was why it was important for Jesus Christ to be born of a virgin. Because Jesus Christ couldn't have taken upon himself the nature of sin. If Jesus Christ was born between a man and a woman, then he would have the nature of Adam. But Jesus Christ was born by a virgin and who was overshadowed or who was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus Christ is sinless. And that's why he said to them in the Old Testament that the lamb should be without blemish. And he told them, you select the lamb on the 10th day. So you set the lamb apart on the 10th day and you have four days to examine the lamb. 
to make sure that there are no defects. There is nothing wrong with the lamb that you're going to offer for the Passover. Jesus Christ went into Jerusalem on the Palm Sunday. On, on the next day, he spoke to the tree. When you, 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 you have time to look at the Holy Week, what Jesus Christ did in the Holy Week. It was the Thursday that he had the, um, the, 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 the communion or the, the last supper with his disciples. It was Thursday at night. And then he went into Gethsemane somewhere around midnight. So he told Peter, before the cock crows three times, you are going to betray me. And so that is somewhere at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., around that time. And so Jesus Christ was arrested Friday, night, Friday midnight, and then he was crucified. And so he fulfilled everything that, everything that the Old Testament was expecting. Everything that the Passover, spoke, uh, Passover was expecting them to do, Jesus Christ fulfilled it in his life. And he told them that the lamb should be slain and roasted in fire. Jesus Christ was crucified and hanged on the cross. The bones should not be broken. The lamp, they are not supposed to break the bones of this lamb. They are supposed to roast it as it is. The whole body, Jesus Christ, the bones of Jesus Christ, it was so important that none of his bones were, were broken when he was on the cross. And he said that the blood should be sprinkled on the doorpost for deliverance. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ that as children of God, we have deliverance. We have forgiveness of sins. It should be eaten completely. Our faith in Jesus Christ must be complete. We must obey Jesus Christ completely. We don't choose and select where we want to obey him and disobey him. If he is your Lord, if you are saying that Jesus Christ is my Lord, it means he has the final authority over my life. Whatever he says concerning me is final. And that is what he means here. He says you eat it completely. And then he told them that it should be eaten immediately, not the next day. And so today when you hear the Lord welcoming you or inviting you, when God speaks to you, when God invites you to, get, to come and drink of this salvation, you have to act immediately. You don't have to postpone it. You have to act while you are still alive. There is no more salvation for you when you die. When you are still alive today, it is the time that you hear the voice of the Lord and you obey him. And so he warned them that when you are eating this meal, make sure you eat it immediately. Right now, that, that same day. Don't leave anything till tomorrow. <clears throat> and he told them to take it with bitter leaves. Now this reminds the Israelites <clears throat> of their bitter experience in Egypt and the slavery. The Bible says that there was so much work for the Israelites to do that at some point God had to come down and have mercy upon them because they were suffering under Egyptian slavery. And this describes us when we were in sin. Israel coming out of Egypt is a believer coming out of the world. It's a symbol, it's a shadow that God was going to deliver us from the world. God was one day going to send a Messiah to deliver us from sin and the slavery of sin. And so the Bible says that when you give yourself to sin, you become a slave to sin. When you give yourself to righteousness or to, unto God, or you become a, a servant and a child of God. People don't like the, the word servant. But it's better to become a servant of righteousness because that takes you into eternity. And so with bitter leaves was to remind the Israelites that, that they, they were under Egyptian slavery, which was a bitter experience. 
and God delivered them out of Egypt. All of us here were one, at one time in the world. But we came to Jesus Christ. It also reminds us of sorrow and broken, brokenness of heart when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. It is important that we, have, we come with sorrow. We open our heart in brokenness to accept him. And so he, t- he told them that it must be taken with bitter leaves. And then the, the posture when they are taking this meal is that they should put their belt on, they should have their sandals on, they should have their staff ready, and they should have their coat on. And so as children of God, we have a mindset that this is not our home. We have a better country that is prepared for us. That should be our mindset. As we partake of the Passover, as we partake of the Lord's communion, we know that this is not our permanent home. We know that there is a place prepared for us. And so we have that in our minds. And so this, you know, when you are sitting at home and you are eating, you are relaxed with your sandals. Nobody puts their shoes on when they are eating at home. You want to be relaxed. But God instructed them, keep your sandals on, have your staff on, have your belt on, have your coat on. And this also tells us something about Ephesians, which talks about the dress, um, how do you call it? The armor of a Christian. Maybe one day we'll talk about that. But then we should have the mindset that we are expecting a better country. When we have the mindset that we're expecting a better country, we know that Egypt is not for us. There's nothing in Egypt that should delight us. There's nothing in Egypt that should um, cause us to want to stay in Egypt. And so he told them to prepare themselves as they are about to leave Egypt. And so this is the institution of the Passover. Now, after the Passover, the next day, they have the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. So after they are thinking of Passover, the next day, they start with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. I know that I'm not, I will not be able to use one day to do this, but we'll just touch on it. Some other time, we'll go into detail. So the Feast of the Unleavened Bread is an example of the Christian's life. After you have partaken of the Passover, your sins have been forgiven. Now you have the feast of the unleavened bread, which is your life as a Christian. The, the, Egyptian, um, the Israelites were supposed to empty their house of every living. Empty your life of every sin as a believer. And so the Egyptians were, sorry, the Israelites were supposed to eat their they, they are supposed to eat unleavened bread. Make sure that they don't have any living in their fridge, in their houses. They were supposed to clean every part of their house to make sure there's no living in their house. And as a believer, once you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, He cleans you of all your sin. You don't have to keep on staying in the corruption of sin. And so Jesus Christ warned the, the, um, the disciples. He says, be one of the living of the Pharisees. He told them of the corruption of the Pharisees. And he says, you, my disciples, be one of the corruption of the Pharisees. And so if you are a believer, you cleanse yourself, you purge yourself of every living. The Bible says a little living leavens the whole lamp. And so if you continue to entertain sin in your life, it, has an, it will have an impact. It has an effect of corrupting your life. And corrupting what God has done for you. And so the Passover was an example of the communion. And so Jesus Christ took the communion with his disciples 
on the day of the Passover. This, the Exodus that we just read was what instituted the Passover. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, the Bible says, Therefore, patch out the old living, that you may be a new lamb, since you are truly you are unliving. For indeed, Christ our Passover, our sacrifice for us. Therefore, let us feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And so now that we have become born again, the Bible tells us that our life as Christians is a celebration. Our life as Christians is not boring. The Christian life, it is not a boring life at all. And so the Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so we are not the, bor- the most boring people on earth. We are actually the people who have joy. Because that is what it means. After our sins has been forgiven, we are celebrating the unleavened bread. We are celebrating the feast of the unleavened bread. Our life is that example. Our life is without living. We must walk in holiness and enjoy because that is where we are. As long as we live, we must continue to feed on Christ and rejoice in Him. Amen. Amen. And so anything that takes away our joy as believers, that is not where we belong. We must understand that Christ has dealt with all those things on the cross. Because he fulfilled all the requirements of the law when he hung on the cross. He made sure that he gave them four days to examine him when he walked into Jerusalem. They had, Monday, they had Sunday to Thursday to examine Jesus Christ. And finally, when he sat with his disciples on that day to take the um, communion. I want us to read Matthew chapter 26, verse 20 to 29. Bible says, when evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now they were eating, he said. Assuredly, I said, now when they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said to them, He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in this dish will betray me. And the Son of Man indeed goes just as it was written of him. But woe to you. Woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It will, be, it will have been good for that man if they had not been born. And Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, Yes, you, you have said it. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Eat. Take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks. And he said to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. This was the day of the Passover. When you read other translations, other accounts in the gospel, you realize that this, is the day, this was the day of the Passover. When they were having the Passover meal, it was the same day Jesus Christ instituted the Last Supper or the Holy Communion. And he told them, 
An interesting thing here is that if Judas was in, if, if this communion service that Jesus Christ had was in one of our churches of these days, Judas would have been kicked out of the service. <laughs> because at this point, Judas doesn't even qualify to, to take part of the communion. But you see the love of God. He said, take it, for this is my body that is broken for you. And so we have to understand that every one of us who has accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we have to take part of the communion. Like I said, when they had the Passover, it was time for them to to celebrate the Feast of the Unliving Bread, which is in our days, which means taking out every form of sin and every form of corruption from your life. Jesus has done that for us. And so when we approach the communion and we feel that there is anything that is hidden in our lives that does not qualify us to partake of the communion, we just confess it and we take of the communion. Because in our own strength, we cannot say, like there are some people who say, that I will not take the communion this week, I will come back next week, and then I will come and take it next week. How many good things can you do next week? That will qualify you to be holy enough to take the communion the following week. And so you must understand that when it comes to our holiness and our righteousness, it is by faith in Christ Jesus. Once you put your faith in Christ Jesus, all you have to do is to genuinely come to him and confess your sins. And you are qualified to take part of the communion. Because the power in the blood is what cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I don't think that in our own strength we can qualify, we can do things that will make us holy enough to have communion with God. And so if you deprive yourself of eating eating the communion one Sunday and you think that the following Sunday or the next month you are holy enough to come and take the communion at that time, you are still wrong because you don't even understand what it means to be holy. Holiness is the, is, is the character of God. You see, Bible says that he dwells in an inapproachable light. That is his holiness. We cannot approach his holiness in our own flesh, in our own strength. There is no way we can approach the holiness of God. And that is why Jesus Christ came to take our place. And so when God looks at us, he does not see a sinful Robert anymore, but he sees Jesus Christ. And because Jesus Christ has paid the price for us and the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of us as a sign that our temple has been cleansed well enough for God to live and commune with us. And so as long as you still have the Holy Spirit inside of you, don't deprive yourself of the blessing of the communion. I believe that this is one thing that we have to understand. A lot of people, some churches have taught it in a certain way that has caused people to be afraid. But you have to genuinely understand that you you need to have a genuine heart when you approach God. And if there's anything that you are struggling with, you have to trust God to help you. And so when you say that in my heart, I want to have fellowship with you. God, you know my heart. You know what I want. You know that I want to stay here with you. And if there is anything that I'm struggling with, I bring it before you. As your body was broken for me, as your blood was shed for me to take away my sins and to take away all my infirmity and weaknesses. Today, I partake of the blood because I belong to you, Lord. Help me. Sometimes when we come to God, we just have to say, help me. You cannot do it on your own. There is nothing you can do here on earth. 
that qualifies you or that makes you holy. No, you cannot do it. And that is why Jesus Christ took our place on the cross. And he said, on that same day, when they had the Passover, when they had the Passover meal, after they had the Passover meal, the Bible says he took bread and he broke the bread. He blessed it and he broke it and said, he gave it to the disciples and said, take it. This is my body that is broken for you. Jesus Christ, his body was broken for us so that we don't do anything in our own strength. He has given us help, which is the Holy Spirit. And he said, take the cup, drink of it. This is my blood. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is the point he told us that before he can say, the Bible, when you read further, I think in Corinthians, he says, we can only say something is new because there is an old one. And if he's saying this is the new covenant, it means that there was an old one. And the old one is what? is past. It was the same day of the Passover that he declared that this is a new covenant. The old covenant is past. That has been replaced. There are people who, people who are still in Judaism who celebrate the Passover. To them, their deliverance, their physical deliverance from Egypt is still something worth celebrating. Then what about us? Our spiritual deliverance from sin should also be celebrated. And Jesus Christ said, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so whenever we partake of the communion, we remember the death of Jesus Christ. We remember the sacrifice on the cross. He says, as many times as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. We proclaim his death until he's coming. And that is why it is important that we take part of the communion. Because we belong to Jesus Christ. We are part of the body of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, Right, I'll be wrapping up soon. Paul says that, For I receive of the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup as the new covenant in my blood. Do this. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death, the Lord's death, till he comes. We have a responsibility to continue to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes back. And so whenever we, we partake of the communion, we are proclaiming that Jesus Christ died for us we are proclaiming that we are part of the body of Christ. You don't want to take yourself out of the body of Christ. You don't want any sin to take you out of the body of Christ. If there is anything hidden in your heart that makes you feel that you are unqualified to take the communion, all you have to do as a child of God is to confess and take the communion. The communion has a lot of blessings for us. One of those blessings is healing. As we partake, it's just symbolic. As we pick the bread and we drink the wine, we, it's just symbolic that the body of Christ was broken for us. His blood has delivered us from every sin. You see, it is easy for most people to believe that Christ died for their salvation. 
But what is more difficult for some people is that he died for their healing as well. So he died for your salvation. He died for your healing. The word salvation, it's an all-inclusive word. When Jesus Christ said, I have paid it all, he meant that he had paid it all for us. And so to, to, today, I just want us to go before the Lord and partake of the Holy Communion. I want us to bow down our heads. Let's commune with God. Let's pray. Come to him in expectation. Come to him and thank him for the body that was broken for you, for the blood that was shed for you. Like I said, if there's anything that makes you think that you're unqualified, just say it. Tell the Lord. Confess it to him. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. God has qualified you. Let no man disqualify, disqualify you. God says that you are worthy to carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit is the symbol of our communion with God. The Bible says, and the communion with the Holy Spirit and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. If we are already commun- we, we are already in communion with the Holy Spirit, then taking the Lord's communion should not be anything that you feel unworthy about. Because his presence, his, his presence is already in your life. And so just talk to the Lord. Just talk to the Lord as we, t- we are getting ready to approach the Lord's table. I want you to, set, to prepare.